Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right. Hello, hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. Today I'm sharing a recording from about a year ago that my friend and colleague pharmacist Ben Fuchs and I recorded talking about cancer. Ben and I have recorded many talks, most of them are on YouTube, and they were all on the podcast here until Spotify deleted my account. So now on this new version of Notice and Friends, I will be posting most or all of those talks. So stay tuned for that. And before we jump in, I just want to tell you that you can find everything I do on my website, noticebooks.org. Notice is spelled not us, so that's notusbooks.org. You can find all the books that I've written and helped release, hundreds of book reviews organized for you, an archive of this podcast and other videos, and more, all on notusbooks.org. And Pharmacist Ben, you can find his products. He has a skincare company that's on truthtreatments.com truthtreatments.com and with that out of the way we can jump in yo pharmacist ben hey what's up buddy thank you so much for being with me and with us today are we are are we live we are recording because I see you i just see a picture of the handsome dr wallach and me yes actually you're you're in your evening office it looks like there and uh i'm in my bedroom because the sound is good Oh, okay, good. Here and there's no camera. There's no camera on my oh, computer. Camera. So it's just me. Well, why, why don't I just turn me off? You can do that too. I I think we should do audio because Ben, I haven't told you, my podcast has recently become very popular. Uh, we're talking over a million people. Really stumbled onto my podcast. Yeah, because uh, I guess I cheated. I posted a bunch of really great audio books and lectures. Oh, oh that's that, that I like just over the oh, years, wow. like. Mostly for my friends and who, the small group of people who pay attention to me, mostly from Instagram, which is now several thousand, but it's still a relatively small group. That's, that's super cool. Now all that's kinds of strangers cool. have stumbled in, though, right? This was a captive audience thing before. So many of these people actually probably have no idea who you are, pharmacist Ben Fuchs. Okay. You know, you're, you're kind of a celebrity in my world. In your world, not in the world, but in your world. Which yeah, is good. In, in the world, we're both kind of a drop in the bucket, but we've got some new ears here. And All right. I learn. think 
let her rip. Well, to introduce you, I think it would be a disservice to just call you our skin expert, even though you are our skin expert. Okay. Not only have you been in the skin business, you're also a pharmacist. You have, you have a, a nutritional pharmacy. Not This is not the first nutritional pharmacy that you've run either. That's and right. So, And you're also a voracious reader. A lot of people I think know. of me as a reader. I think of me catching up with Ben Fuchs. Oh, well, you're also 30 years younger than me. Or True. Even but still, I mean, a formidable reader. I'm 33 right now too. the conspiracy age. So you're a third. Yeah, it's a good age. So, uh, so I am going to be 63. So I'm literally 30 years older than you. Yep. Yep. That's crazy, huh? So Ben ha- has always been and still is one of the people that I go to for more than I currently know for answers that I don't know. And for details that even I, I fail to retain after many years. Sometimes I forget some of these details, like some of these questions yeah. that I have here. And the reason we're here today is because Instagram let us down a week ago. It wouldn't let us um, wouldn't let us get together on the live. There is pretty lame getting uh, more and more disenchanted with Instagram. But uh, it's still our, our main thing there. So we brought it on here for recording and for apparently a worldwide audience now at this point. And I said it was a disservice to say that you're only the skin expert. Really, Ben, you do know a heck of a lot. And you've been also helping people on the ground in the health business for a long time. And, you know, as a professional communicator as well, you have your own radio show as well. And you've been a a speaker. We can call you an international speaker uh, for very many years now. So you you do have an impressive list of uh, credentials here, but you have the details that people crave. I'm just a little old pharmacist. Yeah, right. That's, that's how I like to portray myself. But really, I'm just kidding. I like biochemistry. I just always loved biochemistry from the, the minute I first walked into, basically, when I first walked into Biochem 101 in pharmacy school, I just fell in love with biochemistry. I always loved, I always loved chemistry, but biochemistry to me is so amazing because of all the minutia and the tight regulation and choreography of all the chemical reactions in the body. We don't really think of that. We don't really pay attention to that, but our bodies are made up of the end result of countless, literally trillions upon trillions upon trillions. There's no number to really really, uh, reflect how much is going on inside the body from a biochemical perspective. It's all just A turning to B, turning to C, turning to D, turning to E, turning to F, and on and on and on. That's all the body is. And that's why I always say, if you want to understand health, you don't want to go to a clinician. You want to go to a biochemist. And this distinction between clinical chemistry and biochemistry is one that we don't often make. And because we don't make that, we end up losing a lot of number one, health, number two, joie de vivre, joy for life, uh, money, and uh, understanding of how our bodies work. Because we go to doctors when we're sick. We don't go to biochemists when we're sick. Are you there? Do I see you here? I'm here. I'm here. I'm not we don't go to, to biochemists when we're sick. We go to clinical chemists. Clinical chemistry is the, stu- is the chemistry of test scores. What's your cholesterol? What's your TSH? What's your, uh, your uh, uh, BMR? What's your creatinine? What's your blood pressure? What's your blood glucose levels? And then we end up getting diagnosed or getting drugged or getting put into different insurance categories based on numbers, which are basically statistics, which are not basically, they are statistics. They're derived statistically. So we end up treating ourselves as if we were digits, not human beings. We end up treating ourselves as as if we were statistical algorithms, not flesh and blood biochemical entities. 
and that doesn't serve us. So being a biochemist really allows me a perspective on how the body works and how the body doesn't work when it's sick that's, that's really unique in the world of healthcare. And so I like to think of myself as a biochemist. That's pretty much it. And because I can do biochemistry, I can understand the skin. I can understand the liver. I can understand the blood. I can understand the digestive system. I can understand neurology. And so really, if you want to understand health, you want to understand biochemistry. If you want to address your health, go to a biochemist, not a clinical chemist, i.e. a clinician or a physician. And, that, and that's my opinion. And so all I, all I bring to the table is an understanding of biochemistry, which which, puts, which makes me unique in the pantheon of healthcare professionals, or not unique, but makes me uh, uh, unusual in the pantheon of, uh, of healthcare professionals. Definitely unusual. And Ben, you do also have a skin care, skin product, skin repair line. You have a whole company called Truth Treatments, <laughs> truthtreatments.com. Yes. Yes. True skin health. I noticed I've been in the skincare business for many years. In fact, in pharmacy school, I studied dermatology uh, with a very famous skincare formulator. And when I realized at a very early age as a, as a pharmacist, as in my early days as a pharmacist, I realized that skincare was not addressing the health of the skin. Skincare was about beauty, not about health. And because I was in a healthcare setting and I was dealing with patients who were sick, whether they were sick because of, they had eczema or acne or, or uh, psoriasis, or if they were, perhaps they were uh, dealing with some kind of trauma, skin trauma, and they want to prevent scarring, burns, and cuts, or they were post-surgery, I realized that I had to address their skin's health if I was going to really make a change in the skin. Now, this should be kind of common sense when you think about it. You want to have beautiful, if you want to have a, a functional liver, you got to have a healthy liver. If you want to have a functional heart, you got to have a healthy heart. Likewise, if you want to have functional skin, which is how we uh, how we perceive beauty is beauty is a, is the end result of functionality it has to be healthy. Now, these days we have all these mechanical strategies for making the skin health, uh, look healthy, such as Botox, for example, and plastic surgeries and, and uh, the, all of these various devices and, and uh, procedures that you can undergo. But the fact of the matter is, if you want to have truly beautiful skin, it has to be healthy. And true skin health products are just that. They are nutritional supplements that you apply topically to your skin. They're topical vitamin C, they're topical vitamin A, they're topical plant-derived minerals, they're topical alpha and beta hydroxy acids, topical glycogen, and various other uh, ingredients that can be thought of as nutrients, not for the skin, because I don't give a rat's butt about the skin. I want to know about the skin cell. And this is another distinction that we don't often make, Ryan. We treat organs and we treat symptoms but we don't address the cell. And there's a re very good reason for that, why the medical model and our healthcare professionals don't address the cell. And that reason is, is because the cell doesn't need a healthcare professional or a doctor or a, a representative of the medical model. The cell only needs food, it needs oxygen, and it needs a clean place to do its work. And there's nothing in the doctor's magical bag of tricks that can address the cell's food, that can address the cell's oxygen, or that can address the cell's toxicity. All a doctor can do, all the medical, I don't want to say doctors, all a medical model can do to a cell is they can irradiate the cell, they can, they can electrocute the cell, they can poison the cell, and they can excise, remove the cell, but they cannot feed the cell, they cannot oxygenate the cell, and they cannot detoxify the cell. But it doesn't matter because we can do that. God has put that power in our hands to feed the cell, to oxygenate the cell, and to detoxify or to, or to, to pre- toxify, to non-toxify the cell. 
Uh, and so that's really what health is all about at the end of the day. It's about treating the cell and it's about treating the cell with food, oxygen, and cleanliness. And that's all you really need to understand. It's not that complicated. Well, I, w- I want to dive in a little bit here, Ben. So yes. being that your main expertise is skin, yes, um, but your overall expertise is, is health and biochemistry, as you say, I know we've talked about this before, but again, this is new audience. And even myself, I would like your refreshed opinion on tumors, cysts, cancer in general, skin cancer in general, and you know, maybe something about as well your existing experience as a pharmacist because i'm sure many people that would be coming by your pharmacy originally when you're just working as a pharmacist right uh, before you stepped out on your own uh, what is your biochemical opinion on how cancer various cancers not just tumor cancers but all kinds of different cancers i know this could be a massive conversation but how it starts and what are we doing about it biochemically currently what is that what is the mainstream approach how does that actually affect the outcome compared to your other experience in the natural health business. Let's call it that. Okay. So as I said earlier, all disease is cell disease at the, at the core of high blood pressure or diabetes or psoriasis or uh, Alzheimer's disease or anything you want to call a disease or pathology, you have a dysfunctional cell. And while it may be difficult to perceive of cardiovascular disease as a cell disease or as uh, Alzheimer's disease as a cell disease or, or diabetes as a cell disease, and they are cell diseases. In the case of diabetes, it's a pancreatic cell disease. In the case of uh, Alzheimer's disease, it's a brain cell disease. In the case of uh, psoriasis, it's a skin cell disease. With cancer, it's much more obvious that you have a cellular problem because mm-hmm. really, Brian, there's no such thing as breast cancer. There's no such thing as prostate cancer. There's no such thing as bone cancer. There's no such thing as liver cancer. There's no such thing as cancer in the way we think of it or or, or we speak of it ordinarily. There is no such thing as breast cancer. There is breast cell cancer. There's no such thing as prostate cancer. There's prostate cell cancer. There's no such thing as liver cancer. There's liver cell cancer. So cancer, like all diseases, is a cellular disease. And it's a little easier for us to think of it as a cellular disease because we always hear about cancer cells, even though when we address, when we, when we uh, refer to our cancers, we never think of it as prostate cell cancer, but that's what it is. So what exactly happens in cancer? In order to understand cancer, we have to understand what happens ordinarily when cells grow. This may come as a surprise to some of your listeners, probably not to you, but maybe to r- folks who don't really study the body that much. The default state of a cell is to grow. It requires energy as manifested by a nutrition to put the brakes on cellular growth. Does that make sense? Its default state is to grow. Cells will just continuously grow unless there is a breaking mechanism. But you know, they're like, not told to stop, they'll just keep going. They're told to stop, exactly. So how do cells know when to stop? They know when to stop by paying attention to their environment. And they can see how they're bumping up against things. And by seeing how they're or sensing, not seeing, but sensing how they're bumping up against things, that tells them to stop growing. When you have cancer, you have another kind of growth. That signal is not perceived. And that signal is not perceived largely because of issues on the outside part of a cell. The cell knows what's happening in its, in its environment based on its uh, ability to process information outside of itself. 
that make sense? So it's constantly reading the environment. By reading the environment, it gets signals whether to grow or to stop growing. Well, and some of these it, signals are physical molecules too, like insulin, that are right? Physical molecules. You exactly can have enough body. insulin, and your body is is you know quote uh, resistant to it, and it, you know it can not understand it, and and now a critical process is not being completed because the cell did not get the signal. It's it, not getting the signal, and when you have an issue with sig with uh, uh, not receiving signals correctly at the cell level, you're usually talking about the cell membrane because it is the membrane that is in, in proximal contact with the environment. The membrane functions as an information processor to tell the inside of the cell what's going on in the outside of the cell. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So when you have growth issues, things growing too fast, typically these are membrane issues. The membrane is the information processor, the outside part of a cell, which is a phenomenal concept on its own. And when uh, cells are not getting the signal to stop growing, typically that problem is at the level of the membrane. And, and by the way, people might not know the cell can live without a nucleus. You, know, you can take the center out. They used to think that was the brain. It can't live without the membrane, though. The membrane right. is the brain. It the is. membrane is the brain. That's exactly right. It's not the nucleus. The nucleus is the blueprint. contains the blueprint. The DNA is the blueprint. Nucleus contains the DNA. And that's the blueprint. That's the part of the body that will, uh, that's the part of the cell that will code for the various molecules, specifically the proteins inside the cell. But it's not the brain. It's not processing information like the membrane is. The membrane is the information processor. The membrane is made up of fats. And this is the key to understanding cancer and growth. It's in the fats. Problems with fat metabolism at the level of the digestive system, problems with toxicity, fats uh, store toxins, problems with fat, fatty nutrients like vitamin A and vitamin D. Like and a lack of, right? And vitamin K and essential fatty acids. So whenever you have growth occurring in the body and especially in the skin, you want to focus on fats. Focus on how the body is processing fats. Also focus on how the body is processing energy. And we know that skin growths are associated with diabetes, for example. Diabetes is an energy issue. The body doesn't process energy correctly. And uh, skin growths can be associated with diabetes as well as issues with fat digestion and fat malabsorption. So, so we're talking the, like skin tags and, skin tags, and exactly. uh, liver spots, age spots. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And then the fatty, the, the fatty compartment, if you will, in the body also is regulated by fatty hormones, especially steroid hormones. And we know that issues with estrogen can be associated with growths and tumors and cysts. So when you have things that are growing in the body, the first thing you want to do is you want to focus on how you're dealing with energy. And that means uh, keeping your, uh, controlling your sugar intake and helping your body process sugar. And secondly, working with fats, working with how your body processes fats. Fats are much more difficult to process than water. You know, the, those are the two primary compartments, water and fat, oil and water, if you will. Uh, and watery things are not as difficult to process as fats. Fats require a lot of chemistry, biochemistry at the level of the digestive system to be processed. So if you had a gallbladder issue, a liver issue, intestinal issue, even can we can we zero in on this here? Let's zero, let's zero in on this. When you when you eat something, first of all, there's enzymes in your saliva. It helps to break things down Absolutely. right away. And your teeth, obviously, you swallow it. Goes into the stomach acid. The stomach acid is is very very strong hydrochloric acid. It breaks down the proteins and the carbs, but it doesn't break down the fats because acid doesn't break down fats that well. You need 
uh, bile, right? You need something like a soap. You need an alkali, actually. Right. Like an emulsifier, exactly, that breaks down fast. In fact, it's even, it's really fascinating. As the acid, when you, like you say, there's hydrochloric acid as well as enzymes in the stomach that break down the food, break down the proteins, especially, and help you absorb, uh, help uh, release vitamins. But what's really interesting is as that acid, uh, soup is actually called chyme c-h-y-m-e as that acid chyme that soupy mass mass of uh digest stomach digested food enters into the intestine from the stomach it gets hit with a blast of bile and it gets hit with a blast of pancreatic enzymes right at that point right at that juncture uh, that junction between the stomach and the intestine it's kind of like pancreas and the gallbladder they're they're different the gallbladder is at the bottom of the liver the pancreas is, is separate it's also quite big but they're like tubes that are both pumping this stuff in at the same Pump time stuff in and you get a fizzy reaction you get this this fizzing as the the because uh, bile is alkaline and, and pancreatic enzymes are alkaline and sodium bicarbonate from the from the pancreas is alkaline and as that alkaline as those alkaline digestive juices from the gallbladder and the pancreas hit the acid kind, you get a fizzing, like an acid-base reaction. You, you know what I'm talking about when I say an acid-base reaction, like uh, lemon juice and baking soda kind of thing. Goes, They're opposite. They pop. Right? In fact, you can actually use this to clean your dishes. If you ever get roast beef grease stuck on your pan, if you put lemon juice or apple cider vinegar and baking soda, you'll get a fizzing reaction that will liberate the fats from your, from the, your roast beef pan. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Well, that same kind of fat liberation chemistry occurs in the, at the top of the intestine or at the beginning of the intestine as the chyme enters in, into the intestine, and that releases the fats. However, and that, when I say releases the fats, I'm talking about releasing fatty vitamins, D, E, A, and K, releasing essential fatty acids, and releasing phytonutrients like pigments and carotenes and flavonoids. And phytosterols, all of these are wonderful fatty nutrients that are found in plants. But if you don't have a gallbladder or if you, and, and half a million gallbladders are removed from people's bodies every year. And to this day, medical professionals will say you don't need a gallbladder, which is still very, very common. But we got 17 year olds getting their gallbladder. It's ridiculous. It's really ridiculous. And that's a whole nother thing we could talk about is why that happens. And then also, if you uh, uh, if you have any kind of liver problem, if you're not making uh, if you're not making uh, 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 bile at the level of the liver, if you have uh, fatty liver disease, that can impair bile flow. So your liver, uh, have, your yeah. liver needs lots of nutrients to do its job, yeah? Yes, you're not going to absorb your fats. And then on top of all that, fats are absorbed at the level of the intestine. 
So if you don't, if you have, say, inflamed intestine or inflamed intestine, or you have uh, some kind of gluten problem, or you have uh, IBS or Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis, all this is going to impair the absorption of fat. So for all of these reasons, many, many people do not absorb fatty nutrients. And that includes the phytonutrients that I just talked about. When you don't absorb fatty nutrients, your cell membranes can't be made correctly. If your cell membranes can't be made correctly, they cannot interpret the environment correctly, and they will not get the signals that we just talked about to stop growing. And that's one of the reasons why you get tumors and you get cysts and you get uh, uh, fibroids and you get various growths in the body. It's like a cake without flour, cake without eggs but way more complicated actually, but you just end up with a product that isn't what it's supposed to be. The cells are exactly, exactly. The cells, a machine of itself, right? The, that's every cell in our body is like an organism itself. It's got all its own organs and everything. Yeah. And it's like this membrane, you know, this membrane that is made of fats, made of cholesterol and other fatty nutrients. Primarily it is semi-permeable. So it lets some things in and, and not other things. And it's intelligent. It, waits for signaling molecules such as insulin and neurotransmitters and all this stuff waits for these signals to let certain things in it and allow certain things to happen. And so if this computer machine thing is not working properly, I mean, you're not getting oxygen in and out of the cell properly. You're not getting nutrients in and out of the cell properly. You're not getting sugar in and out of the cell properly, waste in and out of the cell properly. Nothing's happening properly, right? The whole, this whole uh, wet machine that we've got can grind to a halt if the cells themselves are not working. What well, you said is so amazingly important. Check this out. You know, we talk about cells. Everybody's heard the word cell, right? You, in biology, in high school, they draw a circle on the blackboard, put a couple things inside, they tell you that's a cell. So we have this idea that a cell is like a little circle with stuff in it. That's not what a cell is. A cell is a little blob. It's a three-dimensional blob that's microscopic. It's so small that you, if I put it in front of you, you couldn't see it. But within that cell, there are literally millions and millions and millions of working parts. And all of those working parts are constantly being disassembled and reassembled spontaneously on its own. How can this possibly happen, Ryan? Without us thinking about it, no effort from us. it's, 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 It's beyond belief that this little entity that is one one hundredth the size of a head of a pin can have millions and millions of working parts within it, each of which, each of which, each of which is critically important to the health and the fun- and the functioning of that cell. And we don't even have to think about it. It's like an ant colony, termite colony, million units all working together simultaneously each as if they're it. one super organism, but that's in yes, every single one of our cells. cells. And then each they all work together. They Ryan. work together with other systems, other Ryan. cells. Each cell is like that, but you have a hundred trillion cells. Mm-hmm. What does that even mean? A hundred trillion? It doesn't even. If you had a hundred trillion jelly beans in a jar, that wouldn't even. You can even compute what a hundred trillion is by looking at it. But we have that many cells, and within each cell itself is a universe on its own. And so the complexity of this stuff is staggering. It's mind blowing. But we don't have to worry about any of that, except we can be awed by it. And we can have great respect and reverence for it. We don't have to worry about it because it does it spontaneously. All we have to do is make sure we're getting the mighty 90 essential nutrients. Essential meaning getting them every day. All we have to do is make sure we're oxygenating. That means breathing and moving. And all we have to do is keep the system clean by mostly 
not eating the crappy foods that we eat. Although these days, now they have us injecting things into our blood, which further mucks up the system. And this is, if you understand everything we just talked about here, how important this, uh, how important the uh, cleanliness of the bodily environment is for the health and the functioning of the cell, you can see why it is so stupid to inject things into your skin or into your blood through your skin, or even if it's going right into your muscles through your skin. And any healthcare professional that recommends an injection into the skin is just reveal or in, into the muscle or into the blood in order to prevent an infection or some kind of viral uh, viral uh, entity from entering into your body or from causing a problem is a healthcare professional that doesn't understand how the body works. And unfortunately, we have a lot of them. Because your body is the filter, right? If they put things in the mouth, at least it has to go you yes. know, through the digestion system. Yes. Hopefully your digestion system works before yes. something makes it into the blood. You're not yes. supposed to get whole proteins like food carriers that are used in these uh, needles, which by the way, Ben, we are allowed to speak here. Ben and I have had talks taken down from YouTube because we use I know, keywords, I know, I'm still not on YouTube. But here on podcast, we're, we are allowed to speak All about right. this. So yeah, when you inject whole proteins into the blood, any whole proteins, and this, this means or any pharmaceutical needle, because all of them have food proteins in them, like egg proteins or peanut, peanut oil, right? You, you wonder why so many people are allergic to these things. And there's a great book called The Peanut Allergy Epidemic by Heather Frazier. Uh, that makes a strong case that a lot of these food allergies are being caused by humans being injected with these proteins under under other auspices, yes. you know, like they're saying, oh, this is a flu shot or something like that. This is a mandatory vaccine for your, your child or something. They're not telling you that it's got like egg protein or, or peanut oil in it. I definitely, they're probably not talking about formaldehyde or form formalin, which is a, a chemical. If you would know this, Ben, of course, I've worked with formalin, by the way, in a lab setting where we had to uh, uh, have tissues uh, preserved. We had to preserve tissues like jellyfish and, and, and microbes actually we're, we're looking at. And um, you have to work under a fume hood with gear on. So I've got protective gear on myself. This is just for the fumes of it, not for injecting this stuff into my body in a needle directly into the bloodstream. Right. I have to work under a fume hood and wear gear and be very careful and follow a whole bunch of uh, procedures and protocols for dealing with this stuff while this jar is open and stuff, you know, I have to log this stuff. Like this is serious yeah. working with and this stuff, injecting, injecting it into you mercury. You know, it's not a, it's not a conspiracy theory that mercury is a common ingredient in many of these different things and you, your, your healthcare or whoever, or the person doing it at the grocery store that we were seeing in 2020 and stuff or 2021, you know, they're giving them out in grocery stores. These are not even trained professionals, so they can't even give you the required information for you to make an informed choice. And so I kind of butted in there hard, but, uh, uh, your yeah. your point's well taken. I mean, formalin is formaldehyde solution, and it's it's a part of the uh, it, it, it's a part of some of these preparations. Not to mention the fats. You know, there's rancid fats inside these inside these uh, vaccinations. I'm not talking about the most recent one, which is a, a genetic. Uh, it's a gene. They're actually inserting a gene into your body, and then in, in, uh, injecting a gene into your body, and then insert it gets inserted into cells. That strikes me as one of the most invasive biochemically ignorant health strategies anybody could ever do, but people do it and we're encouraged to do it. Not only encouraged, we're sometimes we're mandated to do it. Mm -hmm. So I, let's get back to cancer a little bit. We've talked a little bit about the gallbladder and okay, your body needs to be healthy in order for the liver to work properly. If you don't have a gallbladder, you have to replace that function with digestive enzymes that include bile as well. This is a mandatory thing. You have to take those every day for the rest of your life before you eat because your gallbladder was supposed to do that. 
You're supposed right. to have bile coming in and meeting your food after it empties from the stomach. It goes into the intestine. It's supposed to be met with this alkaline soapy bile that breaks down the fats or else you won't break down fats. And if you, you need to know that fats is a crucial part of the cake recipe of the human being, your cake will just not be a cake period. Your cells will just not be working properly. Everything will not be working properly. And so we were talking like tumors, cysts. This is definitely the first thing I look at it is uh, digestion problem, blood sugar problem, right? Usually one causes the other. Usually the digestion problem causes all kinds of deficiencies because things aren't being absorbed properly. So we can move down the digestion chain too and maybe talk a little bit about probiotics. But I also wanted to throw this in there. I spend so much time on Instagram and and it really makes me kind of slap myself in the face sometimes because I see so many people blaming like chemical, like deodorants and like, like aerosols, you know, yeah. and I'm thinking like, yeah, I get it. There's lots of chemicals in our environment and that's, it's not good. Sure. It, no, it's not good. It, and it can affect us. Uh, yeah, of course. But if uh, Axe body spray or Old Spice you know, again, aerosol deodorant, if this was causing cancer, I'm wondering why cancer isn't literally everywhere. You know, that's it's not the most common thing in the world. Cancer is caused by a dysfunctional cell, period. Cancer. Let me tell you what cancer is. Okay. People say they don't know what cancer is. They don't know what causes cancer. Cancer is a cell's response to duress, whether that duress is nutritional deficiency, whether it is oxygenation, oxygen, or whether uh, lack of oxygen, suffocation, or whether it's toxicity. It represents a cell's attempt to, uh, to survive. Cancer is a cell survival mechanism. Let me tell you what I mean by that. In order for a liver to be formed, the hepatocyte, the liver cell, has to give up its independence so that it can become a liver. So cells become, or in order for a cell to become an organ, it has to take it for the team, take one for the team. It has to give up its independence in order to become a liver. Do you follow what I'm saying? A hepatocyte, a liver cell, does not have independence. It cannot exist on its own unless it goes back in time and starts to act like a bacteria. There's two kinds of cells. Raw does is divide Yes, there's two kinds of cells. You have what are called prokaryotes and eukaryotes, E-U. A, a karyote means a cell. A prokaryote is a primitive cell. Pro means primitive. So a prokaryote is a primitive cell. And a eukaryote, E-U, eukaryote is an advanced cell. Primitive cells are bacteria-like, bacteria or prokaryotes. And for many, many years, the only cells on planet Earth were prokaryotes. And then all of a sudden, uh, 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 an advance occurred. It's very fascinating how this happened. And eukaryotes were formed. Eukaryotes are different from pro prokaryotes in the sense that eukaryotes, animal cells, plant cells, are uh, complex. They're complicated. They work with other cells, become one. They have lots organism. of internal workings. And they have the capability of forming organs and tissues. Bacteria cannot do that. Prokaryotes cannot do that. The only thing a prokaryote does is divide. And in order for that to happen, because a prokaryote is primitive, it doesn't have a lot of complexity, it doesn't need a lot of resources. It doesn't need a lot of oxygen. Sometimes it doesn't need oxygen at all. It doesn't need a lot of food. It, does, it just can basically survive on sugar. It doesn't need... Uh, a lot of cleanliness. It can survive in toxic environments. So a prokaryote is primitive, but it has 
because of its primi prim uh, primitivity, if that's a word, it has much less requirements than a eukaryote, which is much more sophisticated, but has requirements. So when a eukaryote, when the requirements for a eukaryote are not met, a eukaryote will revert back in time and act like a prokaryote. It will act like a primitive cell. And this is what a cancer cell is. A cancer cell represents a eukaryote's survival attempts. It's, it's as if the eukaryote says, hey, I don't have any food here. What am I going to do? I don't have any oxygen. I'm suffocating. What am I going to do? My environment is filled with toxins, with, with drugs and with sugar and with smoke and all the things that we abuse ourselves with. So the, the, the eukaryote says, I'm not going to be a liver. I'm just going to go survive on my own. And this is what a tumor is. A tumor is a cell that's just dividing and dividing and dividing, and it's not becoming a liver. It's not becoming a bone. It's not becoming a prostate. It's not becoming a breast. It's not becoming the organ that it was uh, born to be. It's reverting back in time and acting like a bacteria. So we punish the cell. We say, oh, the, we, oh, we got to have a cure for cancer. We're the problem. We have poisoned the cell. All the cancer cells, all the cancer cells trying to do is survive. And that's how it knows how to survive is just to divide and to grow like it, as if it was a prokaryote. You follow what I'm saying? It's not like it's a bad cell. It's just trying to survive. It's trying to make it. And it doesn't have the wherewithal to become a liver or a breast or a prostate. So it just divides. So a cancer cell is nothing more or cancer is nothing more than a cell's attempt to survive a toxic, hypoxic or a, a, a starvation environment. So... What do we need to do? What does the average person need to, need to the do? Cell, you need to breathe the cell. You need to detoxify or eliminate or not even put toxins into the system. It really is that simple. Zero in on that, on that word toxin here, because we've talked a lot about toxin. We've talked heavy about detox in the past and stuff. And your answer, which I agree with, was basically you just need to be healthy and your body can detox itself. Yes. But yes. there's, I, I think there's levels to toxins and I, I think we should narrow in on this because I think a lot of people are concerned about like literally the paint on their walls. <laughs> you know, people ask me like, I, I'm not making fun of them. Just like they're, they're concerned that there may be chemicals off gassing from the paint on their walls. And I'm thinking probably the biggest exposure of what we would call toxins, meaning particles or, or chemicals that would damage us in some way when we put it in the body, the primary source has to be from food. That's the primary source. It has to be from food Absolutely. for the vast majority of people. Absolutely. Some industrial workers, maybe not, but water and water. Yeah. If you're working in a coal mine or, you know, you're working in a nuclear power plant or something that's different, but for most people, it's going to be food. Talk about yeah. some of the common foods here that some of the worst offenders processed foods. Now they have ultra processed foods, potato chips and cakes and Twinkies and um, soda pop and French fries and food. The foods that require a lot of processing that are made up of parts themselves that are processed. So you have you have foods that are in their raw, unprocessed state, like vegetables and meats and eggs and those kinds of things. And even cooking represents a certain kind of processing, but uh, leaving that aside because cooking is something that we have to do. Uh, foods that are made up of parts that are themselves processed packaged foods, boxed foods, it comes in a package, it comes in a box, it comes in a bag, like that you have to rip open and pull the stuff out of, chances are you're not going to want to eat that food. And you know what? It gets very complicated. So you know how you simplify things? Here's how you simplify things. Eat less. 
Don't eat because you're in the mood to eat. Don't eat because uh, it, something sounds like it's good. If you're at the restaurant, and you're looking at the menu and you say, I don't know what I want to eat. Don't eat. Only eat when you have to and only eat as much as you need to be satisfied and full and try to eat as, as low on the, or, or as close to the unprocessed stage as possible. You know, the more processing a food has, the more deleterious it's going to be. So stick to foods like vegetables and fruits, even, even, you know, mostly vegetables if you can, and then throw in protein foods like fish and meat and eggs and minimize the amount of refined of foods that are refined, especially refined carbohydrates. It's not that hard. And then make sure you're supplementing because it's very difficult with the way the soils are to find foods that even in their most pristine state are going to a pristine state are going to have all of the nutrients that you need because of the way the soils are. So make sure that you're supplementing and it's, it'll save you money. It'll save you effort and energy. And you'll make sure that you're not in a, a confront, uh, forcing your body to confront molecules that are foreign to it. And guess what, Ryan, at the end of the day, anything you eat will activate a postprandial inflammatory and immune response. Even lettuce will activate an immune response because you've put an, uh, uh, a, uh, uh, a foreign agent into your body, something that's not your body into your body. Hundreds of proteins lettuce. or more in every single food, even lettuce. Even, even lettuce. You know, the simplest foods can activate an immune response and not necessarily a, um, a pathological immune response, but just a normal immune response. Because when you eat a food and something's getting into your bloodstream, it represents an attack of sorts. Yes, we have to eat, obviously, but just eat less and make sure you're focusing on foods that are, have as little processing as possible. And even cooking represents processing. So try to cook your foods as little as possible as well. Okay, so we've actually kind of run up with the time here that uh, Ben and I have together. It's a short little one here. We're going to do some more in the future for sure. We have many in the past. Uh, many of them are here on podcasts as well. And Ben, how can people see more from you? Go to truthtreatments.com, which is my skincare uh, company and my skincare uh, blog and products. Go to pharmacistben.com, which is my nutritional blog. Go to criticalhealthnews.com, which is videos and news stories and blog posts uh, and all longevity related. And then also a brightsideben.com for my radio show and podcast. I'll put all those in the description of this podcast oh. as well. And you're doing such great work. Thank you so much, Ryan. I really appreciate you. Thank you as always, Ben. Thank you everybody for listening. We will see you and everybody else next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 